Hello everyone and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, February 6th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending February 3rd, 2023. In general economic news, the unemployment rate hit a 53-year low in January, defying recession forecasts and falling to 3.4%. Non-farm payrolls increased by 517,000 last month after an upwardly revised 260,000 gain in December. In response, the Fed has called for an ease in wage gains and is likely to continue its tightening cycle for the time being. Turning to auto, more electric vehicles are set to qualify for tax credits following a Biden administration decision to allow the the credits for additional crossover SUVs, expanding the number of buyers who, who can take advantage of the $7,500 credit. Which SUVs qualify is based on EPA fuel economy labeling retroactive to January 1st. In auto finance, several updates came out of the AFSA Vehicle Finance Conference in Dallas. Capital One Auto Finance for One is building its own Navigator platform tool with a new dealer-facing digital retailing platform that is built on its auto navigator tech. The navigator platform provides dealers with insights into the steps customers have taken before entering the dealership, as well as transparent financing offerings for the customers. Dealers can use the tool to access data tied to con consumer search of dealer inventory and pre-qualifications online, giving dealers a leg up before the customers step foot in the showroom and cuts down on customers' time in the F&I office. Santander Consumer USA, too, is working on a national rollout of its direct-to-consumer marketplace and its expanded partnership with AutoFi. Earnings also continued this week with Ford Credit and Credit Acceptance Corp posting Q4 and full year results. Amanda, what's going on there? Sure. Um, so nothing really shocking. Um, still kind of mixed results across the board. Ford Credit reported their earnings. So U.S. and Canada outstandings climbed 1.7% sequentially, but they were still down 3.9% year over year at about $77.5 billion in the fourth quarter. Still, you know, even with that kind of uptick sequentially, a dip in financing margin along with lower credit loss and least residual releases actually contributed to an over 82% year-over-year decline in four credits earnings before taxes in the fourth quarter. And they did not list any distributions to the parent company Ford Motor for the quarter. And they also don't expect to pay distributions to Ford Motor in 2023, just given the outlook on receivable growth. Uh, for credits EBT, earnings for taxes stood at $191 million in Q4, and for the full year, EBT totaled $2.7 billion, which was down about $2.1 billion compared with 2021. That dip was also driven by lower credit loss and lease residual reserve releases, lower financing margin, and lower lease return rates, and that comes from their chief financial officer. Credit performance, again, continues to normalize. 60-day delinquencies were up about four basis points year-over-year year to about 0.17% of outstanding receivables. Again, nothing surprising there. We're kind of seeing that across the board. Uh, lease return rates are also improving after falling for more than a year, largely due you know, pandemic-related closures. People couldn't return their leases for a little while. They kind of fell out of leasing and loyalty anyway. And then elevated used vehicle values, there was uh, quite a bit of reasons for people to 
you know, finance. We see people still doing that where they're turning in their leases um, earlier, keeping them and then choosing to buy the car. So there's a little bit of still kind of weirdness happening in the lease market. So we're still seeing that kind of play out, but they are improving and auction values are expected to continue declining in 2023. So that could potentially um, look kind of help lease return rates improve even more in the next year. So that's kind of what's happening for our credit. And then subprime lender credit acceptance corp also reported their earnings this past week. So that financer logged 25.6% year over year growth in consumer loan volume on a unit basis. So a little bit of a difference there, about 62,000 units. So there was a strong fourth quarter for them from an origination perspective. We know subprime's been struggling, so it's kind of coming back a little bit. That could be one of the factors there. But year-end consumer loan unit volume finished at 280,000, low over that, which is about up 4.4% year over year. And that was in tandem with CAC's active dealer partners growing. So obviously more dealers, they're getting more business. And the lender's forecasted collection rates, however, did fall uh, for loans assigned in 2022. And the lender increased its provision for credit losses in preparation for deteriorating credit performance in line with what I mentioned we've seen kind of across the industry. So we will have more of an in-depth and earnings analysis for you hopefully later this week. So stay tuned. But that's kind of the upshot for the two that reported this past week. Great. Thanks, Amanda. That about does it for today's episode. Stay tuned this week um, for, as Amanda said, um more comprehensive earnings analysis and more coverage from the Nada show. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.